0: The Thoughtful, a podcast where two buds talk about interesting ideas. I'm Quentin and I'm Jordan. We're
1: starting now. Hey Quentin, hey Jordan. This is a cool one today. Quentin gave me uh, a Christmas gift, The Creative Act, A Way of Being, by Rick Rubin, which is written intentionally. How do you phrase it? Like a Taoist?
0: Yeah, he almost tries to intentionally emulate the Tao Te Ching and writes poems throughout the book. At the end of a chapter, he'll have just a short, very concise, almost, well, it's pithy, it's almost meditative poem to just kind of
1: about some kind of idea that he's learned over his years of refining his creative process yes yeah exactly and so rick rubin let's talk about who he was a little bit i'm trying to remember he was he a music producer
0: producer he started with the beastie boys originally he was like the dj for the beastie boys for some reason and then they started traveling for gigs and he took a step back and just he didn't want to travel. I think it was something to do with he had like a crazy ear infection on their very first tour or something like this and he couldn't fly. And so then he stayed in New York and then ended up just producing for them. And since then, he's gone worked, on, out, worked out worked for out him. for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, since then he's gone on to work with almost everybody you can think of. So Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, Taylor, Swift, of Brown, maybe? Taylor Swift, Taylor uh-huh. Swift, yeah. He's done stuff with the Avett Brothers. Mm -hmm. He's done stuff with Johnny Cash. He's done a ton of really intense metal stuff. He's done a ton of hip-hop stuff.
1: And it seems like his superpower is being able to relate to and understand the artist at a really, really high personal level. Really fast as well.
0: Yes. So then uh, he has all of these exercises or experiments for an artist to re-engage with their own work and get a more sincere performance or just listen to what the work is trying to be, quote unquote, and fully realize it. So all of his thought goes into the creative process and how does he help other people to unlock their own creative process.
1: And sometimes that doesn't mean perfection. I was listening to this podcast interview Absolutely. with him, yeah. and he talked about a few instances where they left in a air-quote mistake mm-hmm. in the performance because it was just such a raw, relatable, human moment. Yes. And they didn't want to over-edit it and cut it out. Exactly, exactly. So I'm excited to take a look at this book. But yeah. one of the poems in the middle is this. A rule is a way of structuring awareness. So I wanted to spend a minute chatting about that today.
0: Yeah, a rule is a way of structuring awareness. I immediately think of my man crush, Carl Bereiter, the educational philosopher and psychologist. And he's a wonderful man, obviously. Very beautiful. But... (laughs) He, Usually,
1: people have a man crush of you know, like a celebrity, uh, like TV celebrity. Yeah. So I'm I'm proud of you for picking a different genre, a different genre than most people.
0: Yeah, yeah. I it's a shame that more people are not crushing on on this man, but <laughs> Carl Breiter talks about how knowledge is sometimes a prerequisite for learning. A lot of times people assume that perception comes before knowledge. And what that means is you look at something and then from looking at, you know, a car moving, you realize this car is coming at me and I need to move and survive, whatever. However, what presupposes that Ability to perceive is knowledge of what a car is, knowledge of the mechanics of physics, and knowledge of how to move your body. And so, in order to perceive something correctly and negotiate or act upon it in the world effectively, then you have to already know things about the situation, or you have to know a lot of stuff. So, and that's why a lot of educational.
1: Leaders will say that when you're teaching something, you need to outline for one of your first jobs is to understand your learner and then outline here's the things that we're going to go over today so they can build it upon some kind of existing knowledge.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and connecting it to prior knowledge that they already have. So, one thing that was really fascinating to me as a teacher was how frequently students would be upset why do I have to write about this? You have to, you can just Google this, except that if I try to get them to Google it for a research report, they didn't know how to find good information because you have to know a little bit in order to Google effectively. You have to know what you're looking for in order to actually start to seek information. So even Google, which we think of as the keys to knowledge, is totally useless if you don't already have knowledge. Yeah. And so a rule is a way of structuring awareness. Yeah.
1: So to create a rule, you have Mm -hmm. to have some kind of awareness that you want to streamline and you want to work towards.
0: Yes. And I think a rule in some ways is knowledge. So then if you notice in a song that you're making, this beat is swung rather than straight, then once you have that rule and you have that knowledge, you can use that knowledge to make your other rhythms more effective. Because you're structuring your awareness of the other rhythms around this rule or this other knowledge that you have that the that the beat already acts in a certain way yeah i'm
1: curious let's do another example of this i'm just trying to think how to make this applicable yeah Uh, so a rule is a way of structuring awareness so what other rules do we have in our lives that maybe we just haven't realized that it it Draws awareness. Maybe let's say driving, for instance. Okay. Yeah. You know, so the rule is to stay on the right side of the road. Yeah. Yeah. In, <laughs> in our country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, based on maybe the awareness if uh, that people would try otherwise to take whatever the fastest path is, but in doing that will not create order in being yeah. able to, for everyone to go where they want to. The the, yeah. the greater good is you stay in your lane, yeah. follow these traffic
0: rules so that yeah.
1: everyone can get where they're going quicker.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's really interesting actually because there's some countries that have very low traffic rules. Right. There's some that have very high and it it's not that you are forcing awareness or it's not that you're controlling someone to have awareness, you're structuring what their awareness is. So in a a society where you have all the rules laid out, I don't have to pay attention to what the guy in the left lane is doing. All I have to pay attention to is where the line is, and so I just make sure I'm driving in my line, and I can forget everything else. Whereas in a society, they'll say, actually, sometimes it's safer to have fewer traffic rules in certain situations. The roundabouts are a good example of this where because people start to offload their awareness because aware- the rules have structured their awareness to ignore a lot of other information about what the other drivers are doing. If you structure their awareness in a more open way such as a roundabout or certain certain intersections that have fewer rules it forces you to have more awareness because there are less rules you need to look before you turn <laughs> so it's, it's really interesting so now they're starting to kind of use the opposite approach too and open up awareness by creating fewer rules yeah so in
1: the same way if we're aware that men don't have a man crush on philosophers in right general, right yeah what is the awareness that we're pulling out
0: what is the what's the question <laughs> <laughs> We're aware people don't have,
1: don't have the.
0: Are we creating a rule? We're creating rule? a
1: rule. We're creating a rule to help society to uh, to We're, help to help men. Yes. Just uh, create awareness. Create awareness. of yes. Philosophers that they should uh, and thought leaders they should.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> this was intended to be a joke and has gone horribly wrong. <laughs> no, it's very good. As a rule, men don't crush on philosophers. Therefore, we need to raise awareness about this problem so that men can crush on philosophers more. Our society will be better.
1: There you have it, everybody.
0: <laughs> We're starting a non-profit, by the way. Philo- philosophy crush Phil. Ful- n- n- the...
1: <laughs>
0: We're workshopping it. We'll We're workshopping it. <laughs> we might be starting a... Pro- Nonprofit. Depending on, we need to come up with an ad for that or something. No, we <laughs> don't buy the ads. I mean, we don't come up with ads. We need to be sponsored by a nonprofit that already exists. <laughs> <laughs> that is about man crushes. Today's podcast is sponsored by Men Mentoring Men. Men Mentoring Men is a 100% real nonprofit that already exists. When the man with whom you drink Makes you stop and really think You can trust the bond you have You've got a brother from another mom and dad Men Mentoring Men is a place for men to be accepted as they are as they grow into the men they want to become. At m M&M&M, and men from toxic backgrounds are paired with a sensitive but strong adult male mentor. Through the process of simply living life side by side, regularly sitting down for a meal that includes at least one vegetable, and even tossing the old pigskin unless they don't want to, boy men can see masculinity in action. Did you know? that with the right mentor, a man-child can emotionally age at over double the rate of self-led learning. Sign up today as a mentor, or to volunteer, someone you know as a mentee. If you don't, we bet you'll feel really guilty this cherished holiday season when Jesus was born. Men mentoring men, men learning about manhood from bigger men. How did we end up laughing so much when too few knew that two straight men could love a loving touch
1: you've got a brother from another
0: mom and dad Today, I have brought the topic of John Cage's masterwork, 433. And Jordan, I was, I was... You did that in, like, your radio announcer voice. Today, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen... <laughs> There's a really good
1: performance of 433 that starts just that way. It's a, and the guy Is that has, real? Yeah, he has a British accent. It's okay. somewhere in uh, the UK, I don't know, and... They, he's got this wonderful accent, and yeah. they, it's this really nice concert hall, and
0: this That's will make,
1: this will be even more beautiful. When you talk a little bit about what 433 is by John Cage.
0: Yeah. For, well, before I talk about it, we should let our listeners experience it. So we can. I've, I've arranged a duet performance of 433. We probably won't play the full excerpt, but... <laughs> The people who know what this is are cringing for both,
1: one, they they don't know what it is and are thinking, Quentin and Jordan are going to perform for us, and two, they know what it is and are thinking, I'm going to skip ahead about four minutes and thirty-three
0: seconds. (laughs) We won't do the whole thing, but we'll just do a short excerpt, just so you get a taste of what we're talking about. And Begin. It's weird that you're doing that intentionally.
1: <laughs> so tell us about 433.
0: <laughs> so 433 is a really famous musical piece. Would you call it, is there is there a name for what type of piece it is? Concerto or solo? Well, it has,
1: it has separate movements in it. Separate movements. And they all have the word tacit in the movement. That's what the music is. It ah. has tacit, which means don't play. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because you could call it, I don't know, contemporary music, but basically the idea is that it's 4 minutes and 33 seconds of quote-unquote silence, um, except part of the art of it is that people can't be silent. Concert halls are not silent. Musicians are not silent. And so then the experience becomes experiencing the other sounds that are happening when silence is being attempted
0: (laughs) yes exactly yeah there i saw some some quote by john cage that goes to the effect of everything is music and i like this way of thinking about it i think when it was initially presented to me probably by another poetry undergraduate major which is to say person who talks about conceptual art but knows nothing about (laughs) <laughs> art yet <laughs> um, art, an art wannabe an, an art wannabe. wannabe yes yes in in the best of ways yeah but it was presented to me as a celebration of silence in an experiment with silence but the more i think about this the more it really seems like a meditation on the normal noises of everyday life or particularly the ones in the concert hall at the time of its performance but it, it strikes me that the music is not silence. The music is the ambient noise that's happening in that moment. Totally unique. Totally unable to be replicated. And the it just happens organically.
1: And I think we, we don't stop for long enough to be able to hear those things if it weren't in a situation that's like right. that. And so what John Cage has created is... A structure, a rule, shall yes, we say, yes, exactly. to bring awareness to the sounds that are happening in our world without us ever stopping to to see them and hear them and experience them and sit in them.
0: Yes, exactly. And before we go further, I should say, this is the exact type of art piece that I would show my students and always be able to guarantee That one student, at least, if not a whole host of students, would be furious (laughs) (laughs) and would immediately be like, anybody could have done this, and would be so outraged, these crazy artists who make nothing. And (laughs) did you ever have your students perform this piece? I never had my students perform this piece. I should have. (laughs) it would have been a a great reprieve
1: (laughs) are you kidding me they they wouldn't have stayed uh, it wouldn't have been quiet enough to be a reprieve it
0: would have been a reprieve for about six seconds (laughs) not even it would have been a reprieve for the moment where I laughed to myself that I would propose this to them (laughs) but a lot of students got really upset at me for showing them abstract expressionist painting because it's messy and it doesn't look like whatever you're painting. Art splatter or kind of
1: thing, paint splatter.
0: Yeah, but I really like conceptual art unabashedly. I like conceptual art because it changes the way you think. It changes your awareness. And so then once you become aware of these ambient noises, it's not that John Cage is saying I can do nothing and make art ha 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 it's that he's saying pay more attention to the world around you and really listen and when you really listen to the everyday noises around you you will appreciate and enjoy and have music in your life that no one else is able to have because they're not listening but
1: what if it's not what if it's not music i can't say that that's music this is one of the arguments that I have with had with my sure, students. Sure, sure. So how do you how do you define what's music, what's not music? And maybe you can also apply this to I I would ask you the same question about abstract art. Yeah. With the paint splatter example. Sure, sure. What about that? Invites you
0: into experiencing it. That's a good question. It's abstract expressionism and and paint splatters are definitely more well-defined than something like 433 by John Cage. Just because you already have a canvas, you're already using some kind of semi-fluid material that dries and that creates a color and creates an image of some kind, even if it's not a recognizable image, there's paint on a canvas. So you know it's a painting. (laughs) You don't know (laughs) if, if it's a painting of something. But it's hard to pin down for me what is music. It really blurs the boundaries of everyday life and a, a, an incredible masterpiece of genius auditory art.
1: I think that if I do think about visual art, and maybe this is just the way that my brain is structured, sure. but I think about those abstract art pieces breaking down different ideas into I mean it's abstract because it's just the building blocks of art it's it's color it's shapes yeah in a way that in a more familiar like of a portrait of a person or something Mm. here's something really familiar where all of these building blocks are expertly crafted into this this portrait um not that it's not expertly crafted for the abstract art but it's easier to break down some of the the different pieces of it and so I wonder for music too Mm. Um, well, maybe we can start with some different examples of oh, yeah. different types of uh, art. So yeah, yeah. for music specifically, there was one piece that I got to play in college called Mai by hmm. Ryunoto. Noto. It was a, J- a Japanese composer, and he wrote this piece in the style of shakuhachi flute. And so... Yeah.
0: Piece I thought, I, just to interrupt. I thought you were going to say Shaq for a second, Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, he
1: wrote this piece uh, in the style of Shaquille O'Neal, <laughs> dunking on a shakuhachi flute player. <laughs> 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 and so it's it's really weird saxophone stuff, you know. There's, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's based off of a poem of a. Uh, A woman who lost her samurai husband and she's out at sea and she encounters his ghost out on the ocean and and it ends with this crescendo of of the poem saying Mm. why didn't you think of me you know why did you die without thinking of me first and Mm. that's mirrored in the music by this almost painfully loud high note at the end of the music followed by just silence where it instructs the musician not to move and just for the audience to wait
0: for an amount of
1: time before Hmm. the instrument goes down and the song's over.
0: That gives into kind of performance art then. Yeah. And
1: some would consider, is that part of the musical experience?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's certainly live music, no question. Where now we... I think we have so much technological aid for accessing music that we haven't had in the past that now music can be carried with you in your pocket everywhere you go. There's music playing in your car. There's music playing at the supermarket. Music is just everywhere. But then there's definitely an argument to be made that real music is a live experience with people performing the music there's definitely an argument to be made
1: I think that as as we get into a more technological world and we are we're already there I mean most people experience music from a recording or from YouTube mm. or something like that mm. as opposed to seeing live music and so especially when I was talking to my students about seeing live music many of them have not outside of the high school marching band or or something like that yeah and so there's this whole different experience of how the sound hits you and how it feels um when you can if you're at a concert and can feel the bass or um seeing the musicians and sometimes there are mistakes that happen and Mm -hmm. the experience of other people around you listening to music
0: Mm -hmm. is also really different yeah, the mistakes thing goes back to the Rick Rubin piece where he... I, I'm trying to remember the quote that he has because I know what quote you're talking about. It's It goes something to the effect of if your piece has one mistake in it, it's probably not finished. But if it has eight mistakes, it might be.
1: Yeah, right.
0: Which I feel like is so true of live performance in, a, in auto-tuned automatically music where they pull the every note automatically to the beat every note is exactly the perfect pitch that's exactly that correct note is is just not organic and so speaking of Rick Rubin so much of what he does is to just get people to be organic and to give an authentic performance more than a perfect performance and so he always says, he wants his albums to sound like you saw the band on a really good night, mm. rather than separately, like for a lot of producers, they'll separately record the drummer hitting the snare, and then they'll separately record them doing the hi-hat, and then they'll separately record them hitting the, the kick drum. It's like, why and did you... And then mix all of those
1: and together. And then mix all those together. And perfectly to make, align them. Yes. Then, yeah.
0: Why did you become a drummer? You could <laughs> you could just hit a single drum. Then the art is in the, the hands of the editor. Exactly, exactly. And not just the editor, but the computer that the editor is using to automatically lock it to that grid.
1: And the microphone that's connected yeah, to the computer. Yeah.
0: So then at that point, is there a real performer? Is there a real artist? And you really could argue, no, there's not. Nobody's... Creating anything, uh, Bill Gates maybe was the or Steve Jobs. You're using Garage Band and and Steve Jobs is the artist, but it, it really becomes this weird situation where I, I, my relationship to music is the same way that I I I, mean, I I went to church a lot and and there's a lot of live music at church, but I didn't get to see a ton of bands live growing up. So most of my relationship to to music was this electronic, kind of copy-pasted music that you're transmitting online.
1: Yeah, when people would give me a hard time because I was going into being a, a music major, and yeah. sometimes people would be like, hey, what's your favorite band? Yeah, And I was like, well, don't really go to see a lot of bands. I, yeah. My first concert was a Weird Al Yankovic concert. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. so, uh, and maybe one of my only concerts that I've been
0: to. Okay, and, bef- before we... Absolutely, we'll pick back up on this. What's your favorite Al Yankovic song?
1: Oh, let's see. Well, the t- the one that I spent the most time on was Albuquerque. On I think it was the end of the Running With Scissors album. I love that you say that I spent <laughs> the most time on. <laughs> because the funny thing is I... I was, I was maybe a little obsessive about some of his songs and maybe had too much time on my hands when I was in sixth grade or something. Yeah. And, you know, normally when you have an album, in the back of it, it has all of the lyrics. And yeah. so I, being the, the problem-solving, puzzle, yeah. studious uh, person, is I looked at it, and the song, by the way, folks, is 12 minutes long, Okay. something like that. Okay. And so it begins to give... And then there are just, you know, those three dots. And then the rest of it, sorry, you just got to figure it out on your own. Oh, so
0: it it only gives you part of the lyrics of the whole song. Because it's
1: such a long song. And so (laughs) here I was learning... They just couldn't print it and fit it in the CD case. That's right. And so I, I attribute potentially my ability to type on a computer to this Weird Al Yankovic song because I would listen to it 10 seconds at a time and transcribe it onto
0: my computer. Wow, that's wonderful. That's so cool. I just am delighted with the image of (laughs) you just very (laughs) seriously listening to 10 seconds and then pausing and then typing it up. That's so great. I listened to a podcast before where a common question that they would ask each other was, it was a poetry podcast. They would say, "What what's a poem that has been a friend to you? And I think that's a wonderful way to think of poetry. You have this relationship with the poem. You return to it over and over, and it means different things, speaks to you in different ways throughout your life. It sounds like Albuquerque has been a friend to you, Jordan. <laughs> it has been. And Weird Al probably in general. I, I don't think about
1: it often, but reflecting on it now, he, I think, is a genius. I mean, in the way Incredible. that he... yeah. With replicating the music and the vocal style and then also creating something totally different and revolutionizing parody and yes i mean really cool stuff that he's done
0: yeah yeah and he's been around for forever and he's been continuing to be so productive and on top of whatever is new yeah yeah
1: what artists are doing and his, his albums are always fresh with the the newest, best, greatest artists.
0: Yeah, yeah. I So this is a silly thing, but I grew up without listening to a lot of popular music. We mostly had just listened to Christian music growing up. And so I got to college and would hear songs like Yesterday by the Beatles and be like, this is good. This is really good. Who is this? People would be like, this is the Beatles. Are you kidding? <laughs> and I would... Just be shocked and delighted. Wow, <laughs> the Beatles. <laughs> so, I. There's the famous song American Pie, and I had never heard that song before I heard Weird Al Yankovic's version, <laughs> Anakin Guy. Yeah. Is it Anakin Guy? What is uh, he, what's the title it's of it? It's
1: uh, The Saga Begins. The Saga Begins yeah. by Weird Al Yankovic. Unashamed, I know that.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's wonderful. And so, then it's a parody of American Pie but about Anakin Skywalker. And I almost learned the whole thing word for word. Just, it was so delightful. But then I listened to American Pie and was like, this is a really good song, (laughs) (laughs) but not nearly as funny. Um,
1: I think a lot of times we struggle to branch out of whatever the, the, Genre of music is that we we maybe grew up with or yeah, are yeah. Um, comfortable with, and just very recently, a friend of mine introduced me to some heavy metal. Yeah, and um, it was really good. And oh yeah, yeah. And who'd you I, listen to? It was, ooh I have to look it up. I forget the name right now. Okay, maybe we'll put it on maybe the show notes or something. But yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, he went to go see a, a concert and. It, and then I it reminded me of this cover that Disturbed does, uh, another heavy metal group of
0: I, I sound of silence. I swear, if you say sound of silence, oh
1: man, it's the original is not is not bad. It's very good, but their cover of sound of silence gives you chills
0: Terrible. every time. Chill, chill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so many people like that song, and I feel really guilty because I despise it. By, by Disturbed? The Disturbed cover. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It feels wow. wrong to me. Wow. Although...
1: Are you just really familiar with the, the original, and so it feels weird, or the way he interprets
0: it, or... Uh, let's see. We got... Right after college, we got a vinyl recording of... I don't even remember how we got this. We got a Simon Garfunkel mm-hmm. vinyl of, of the Sound of Silence album, and listened to it a whole bunch and got really familiar with the of course the Simon Garfunkel version the I'm trying to think of what puts me off about the disturbed version I listened to a, or watched a video of a vocal coach analyzing his performance okay and it was really cool uh, there he has incredible technique throughout the song it has a really incredible way of melting back and forth between like a gritty more heavy metal style of vocal to give it emotion and to give it power and then a really pure clean vocal style to give it kind of majesty and and make it feel more appropriate for the strings and and Mm -hmm. orchestral arrangement that they have and I don't know if it's just too clean for me or if it just feels too much like christian rock i don't know my i will say my stepfather that's like one of his favorite songs and so automatically it has to be my least favorite just by principle (laughs) but yeah i had interrupted you earlier you had been talking about i think live music you're becoming a Band instructor and yeah. went to a Weird Al Yankovic concert yeah, in order I, to prepare.
1: I think <laughs> in order to prepare to be <laughs> every band instructor needs to go listen to Weird Al. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think maybe the just the idea of it and bringing it all the way back is um, you know how do we how do we talk about music? How do we enjoy music? Um, we talked about it being live. Yeah. You know, what what's so different about the experience? <laughs> the experience of four thirty three yeah. in a live setting yeah. is how it was intended to be. Mm. You you can't experience this song if you're not sitting in the auditorium where it's being performed you can or or if you are you know having your own performance with another group of people
0: yeah Um, yeah (laughs) performing solo
1: in the library while you're (laughs) while you're just sitting there and listening so yeah it feels very meditative um Hmm. there's also just yeah so we can take this a bunch of different directions but there's uh, what have you been to any concerts live before what's you, what's that experience been for you
0: yeah i've been to a couple i i haven't been to nearly as many as i would like i there's a couple that I've been to that absolutely stand out for me so in college I was learning to play guitar and somehow miami university i mean it's not that little there's fifteen thousand students currently i think they're i know they're trying to grow a lot so it's a relatively big college but for whatever reason nobody's ever heard of it and everybody thinks that we went to University of Miami in Florida (laughs) but they got a ton of musicians out they got a ton of comedians and pretty big names all the time but I didn't know that at the time so I didn't go to half the concerts I should have I didn't go to a quarter of them uh I didn't go (laughs) even less I went
1: to one concert I went
0: to a couple concerts (laughs) one of them was khaki king who is an experimental fingerstyle guitarist. She plays a style called two-hand tapping, which is where you play the guitar and let me guess, let me guess two with two hands and you tap the guitar. You tap the guitar. Wow. And so it's really percussive. It takes a lot of little tricks from flamenco guitar. It takes a lot of tricks from the types of hammer-ons and different types of essentially metal techniques where you are oh man i i can't believe i'm not thinking the words right now but you're playing on the neck of the guitar with two hands a lot of the time and then you're doing hammer-ons which is where you slap one finger directly onto a single fret a single string and then create one note just by tapping down with your finger It's called tapping. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nailed it. And so then you'll you'll use both hands to tap and create the melodies while also you'll always do it with an acoustic guitar, this two-hand tap. So then they will tap on the neck of the guitar and then in between beats. It's not really in between beats because they'll have one hand still tapping but then they'll also play the body of the acoustic guitar like a drum and then create different sounds as they're playing. So then it, they're accompanying themselves with percussion and melody slash chord slash bass, and it's wonderful to watch. It's, it really is the, the type of guitar that is <laughs> much better to watch in person yeah. than to just listen to it. It's soothing listening to it but you don't understand how sophisticated and difficult it is until you're watching them play it. I just imagine
1: being in awe, almost, of watching oh all gosh. of the things that are happening. And the what, the thing that's so different about live music is you get to choose what you're watching and what you're focusing on and, mm. in some ways. Yeah, that's true. Video or... Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, to get the whole experience, I mean, you have to, I think, be watching and listening.
0: When it's recorded and then transmitted through the internet or or however it flattens the sound and so then you're listening to all of the sounds but they're all simultaneous and they're all positionally identical and so you you don't exist in the space with the sound the same way that you do in a live performance
1: and even so much as where is the video focusing on? Is it yeah. on the musician's fingers? Is it on mm. the body of their guitar? Is it on their foot tapping or yeah. not? Yeah. Is, it, is it on the reaction of the audience? And so yeah. you get to be in control when you're live. Yeah. And I think we're just in general moving into a world where we're gonna have to start asking ourselves, is this thing real with with mm-hmm. AI yeah. and, and yeah. everything? And even in the innovations of AI in music, Yeah. And with editing and all of these things, that's a question that's going to come up. Is, is what I'm experiencing really what it was like or how yeah. much is this doctored or did a real person even play this?
0: Yeah. Jordan, what if I told you right
1: now that I was AI? <laughs> I would have bigger problems <laughs> than trying to figure out whether live music is uh,
0: something I should go to or not. But you'd have a friend to help you through those problems a friend in quotes <laughs> friend i it just depends on your definition of friend <laughs> i think the movie wall-e shows that even a robot can be a friend <laughs> even if maybe even a robot could be your man crush <laughs> and a, and a robot might be a better man crush than many men
1: <laughs> this is getting
0: weird <laughs> I just mean because it's such a heartfelt robot. Yeah, I mean...
1: (laughs) Andy probably encompasses all of the the philosophers of the world.
0: Yeah, and doesn't get weighed down by toxic masculinity. (laughs)
1: This episode of Thoughtful is brought to you by Randomly. Yeah, they just basically send you random stuff in the mail. Uh, Last month, I got this beautiful pair of designer Yeti socks. They had Yetis on them, and uh, they were soft, and um, they were warm. I don't know. um, Maybe they were made out of Yeti. It's just this guy. His name is Lee, and he just sends you random stuff. Randomly.
0: Randomly. I love that. And do we know anything about his his sourcing? Is it sustainably sourced? I imagine he just is a hoarder
1: and yeah. has stuff in his basement and he just picks something and every month he's, he just sends
0: you something. That's what I love about randomly is it's not just about consuming. It's not just about uh, getting more stuff. It's about preventing hoarders from having so much more stuff and we're really providing a service by uh, subscribing to... To
1: Lee. And it's really about the relationship, too, because Lee is... He's <laughs> quite the guy. I mean, he's he's sent me uh, Yeti socks. He, yeah. He sent me half of a cheeseburger. Um, wow, wow. And, but it was vacuum sealed, so it, yes. so it was know, it's... safe to yes, chip and everything. Yes. That's incredible. What, he, what have been some of your favorites from Randomly?
0: Um, he actually... He actually only sent me one Yeti sock. Um, I I think there was a note that said the other one he had like
1: no yeah he sent you one he, he? he sent me one and said the person with the other Yeti sock should do a podcast with you
0: <laughs> that's incredible this is so crazy wow that's that's the power of randomly and just like the uh, the spontaneity the um, the word eludes the me. magic seriously the magic.
1: it's really the magic. Make sure you subscribe to Random Lee. Embrace the box. <laughs> That's what he told me to say for That's this. That's great. He does email mostly. That makes sense.
0: Speaking of rules that structure awareness, one of the things that I love about just doing the podcast with you is having our highlight and just talking about something we're thankful for that brought us joy this week. I feel like having that regular practice of talking to you about something I was thankful for makes me notice stuff I'm thankful for, stuff that brings me joy. Yep. Yeah. And for me this week, it was hanging out with you. Oh. It was
1: just we we went to uh, just go get a drink and yeah. um, <laughs> it was a really cool park and yeah. we're just like walking around and chatting and. Yeah. Um, What's the word for the rock wall? What did we do? It was we traverse. We traverse, it. which I'm learning is going across a wall. Yes. Yes. As opposed to up it. Yes. And maybe it was built for for children. But I mean, just because it was five feet tall. And by a lot of other play equipment that was very clearly for
0: 5- to 12-year-olds. but And had signs saying this is for 5- to 12-year-olds. The
1: Rock walls feel different, though, because because yeah. ad- adults do frequently use rock walls, and it
0: was too hard for us to traverse. <laughs> <laughs> they had real rock climbing holes on there. It was legit. It was really cool. It was really nice. And that is what our precious taxpayer money is paying for, <laughs> and that is why that we will use it even though we're not 12
1: (laughs) I think what I enjoyed so much about it is there's there's something just right about Mm. spending time with your guy friends and being able to to talk and to catch up on life and talk about the real things
0: and, and also just goof around and yeah yeah I absolutely agree it was so cold while we were while we were hanging it sounds like you're making an excuse about the rock wall right now. I wanted to talk more about this rock wall. And I didn't complete the traverse. And I feel like I need to say something about it. Because our, our audience is listening and they're thinking, Quentin couldn't complete the traverse? Why? I probably should just stop listening to I this whole bre- podcast. <laughs> what could they possibly tell me? That is about valuable. <laughs> what, what could they teach me about 433? If they can't complete a simple child's rock climbing wall. And we completed, I would say, at least seventy-five percent. And in, in public schools, that that's gonna pass us. That is gonna pass. That's getting us, us on to the next grade. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I loved hanging out. I feel like it's so easy to get into I mean even with the podcast, it's easy to let that become our social time Mm -hmm. and I was thinking I'm I really want to hang out with people I really want to see some friends we had our we have a six month old so it's really easy to never leave the house Mm -hmm. and I was thinking what would be more fun than hanging out with Jordan because we talk all the time but then also because we have the podcast and we get to see each other somewhat frequently that we can kind of cut some of the fluff when we're hanging out, and I felt like we could just get straight to really just being together. Yeah. Really special.
1: And I think one of the original reasons why we did this anyway was just to spend more time together exactly. and talk with each other. Exactly. And I think men especially, especially dads yeah. like us, oh, just yeah. have trouble making time for having good conversations with friends. And yeah. Um, we need to raise awareness <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I don't know I mean it's, I think it's hard for men to talk about, about real things it's hard to talk about things they're interested in it's, it's easy yeah. to talk about very surface level things but um, yeah, yeah, I, I hope
0: uh, people listening to this will just will
1: want to have fun conversations with yes. their friends
0: yes if you don't already talk to your friend i feel like (laughs) it feels like it simplifies it a lot right (laughs) Right? that's what it is yeah yeah well it's one of these things it's like it's like we were talking about with 433 mindfulness it's it's we need to reroute our awareness and just appreciate the ambient life that we're living the moment we're in what we're thinking about and i feel like That's the reason we need to raise awareness that men need to crush on philosophers more. Ah, man. Yeah. And how else are you going to learn about
1: philosophers than listening to our podcast? Is that where we're going with this? If you haven't already, please
0: smash that like button, subscribe. (laughs) Hit that bell. Rate us, review us. It really helps. (laughs) That's really what we came to say today.
1: all this stuff about your friends (laughs) how will you have something interesting to talk about if you don't listen to this podcast
0: now we already brought up that I'm Jordan's AI friend but both of us through the internet can be your friends if you subscribe (laughs) to our Patreon we have bonus content on there (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's really sad
1: that's really I mean considering how much I enjoyed our time together that I've learned today that you're a robot
0: It is sad, but it's how we make our living. How I make my living. (laughs) (laughs) And as always, thank you so much for listening to Thoughtful, a podcast that was meticulously constructed to shelter our fragile male egos. Tune in next time to hear Jordan grunt repeatedly for 12 hours straight. Until then, have a wonderful week. Stay curious and make some time for those you love. Thanks again.